Well, praise the Lord. I feel his presence this morning. Do you not? I really do. I want you to take your Bibles and we're going to turn to 2 Kings chapter 21. Now, we're in a series of messages of going into the Old Testament and looking at Old Testament characters Characters that you probably have never really heard sermons about or maybe even heard about. Uh, We're going to talk about a lady today by the name of Hepzibah. How many of you have ever heard of Hepzibah? Oh, good. Got several. Wonderful. Hepzibah was... Hezekiah, King Hezekiah's wife. And she was the mother of Manasseh. And so we're going to look at her. Uh, As I was preparing this message, I didn't even realize it until I was almost finished. I thought, man, this would have been a great Mother's Day message. (laughs) So mothers, I want to share with you a little bit today. And uh, I guess every Sunday can be a Mother's Day message, okay, if, it, if we need to. But uh, talking about mothers, I heard about this uh, teacher, and she was uh, teaching her students about magnets and the magnetic force. And after she got through, she felt kind of proud of herself uh, because she felt like she had done such a good job in teaching these uh, kids about magnets. She said, now let me ask you a question. She said, tell me who I am. My name begins with an M and there are six letters. And she thought, well, they would probably would uh, begin to think for a few moments. And she said, and I pick up things. And so she was hoping they would say magnet, but 90% of the kids said, mother. (laughs) I thought, well, that's pretty good. Uh, She does pick up things. She name starts with an M and uh, she is what we are so grateful for as she ministers and serves for her family. 2 Kings chapter 21. I'm going to start in verse 1. Would you stand with me in reverence of reading God's word? Manasseh was 12 years old when he became king. And he reigned 55 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Hephzibah. I'll get it right in a minute. Hephzibah. And he did evil in the sight of the Lord according to the abomination of the nations whom the Lord had cast out before the children of Israel. For he rebuilt the high places which Hezekiah, his father, had destroyed. He raised up altars for Baal and made a wooden image as Ahab, king of Israel, had done. And he worshipped all the hosts of 
heaven and serve them. He also built altars in the house of the Lord, of which the Lord had said, In Jerusalem I will put my name. And he built altars for all the hosts of heaven in the two courts of the house of the Lord. Also he made his son pass through the fire, practice soothsaying, use witchcraft, and consulted spiritists and mediums. He did much evil in the sight of the Lord. To provoke him to anger. How sad, sad those words are. Father, I thank you for the word that you have given to us today. And I pray, dear Lord, that your Holy Spirit would be upon us. Lord, we're helpless and useless without your presence, and without your power. And I pray, dear Lord, that you would use this time to convict as well as to counsel and to encourage. Most importantly, we pray that Christ will be exalted. For we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. you. May be seated. Hepzibah. We don't know a great deal about her, with the exception that she was the wife of King Hezekiah. Now, Hezekiah was a godly king. He was a king that had come and that he had restored Jerusalem back to the place of where they would serve Almighty God. We understand that she was the mother of Manasseh. Now, as you began to study Manasseh's life, you began to realize that he was a child that started out right, but he began to go in a wrong direction. And yet, because I believe of the consistency of the faithfulness of his mother, you're going to find that he came back to the Lord. I may be talking to some parents today that may have children that you brought them up in the ways of God, you brought them up into the church, and yet when they become teenagers or young adults, that they began to scatter to and far. And they drifted away, and they moved away from the teachings that was once taught to them. And your heart may be a little discouraged today and wonder, will they ever come back? Well, I'm going to share with you a story today that I hope that will bring encouragement to your heart. Let's look at Hepzibah for a few moments. And as you began to look at her life, I want you to notice that 
there's really three stages in her life. First of all, I want you to notice that she was a mother that was very glad. A mother that was so glad. It was a happy day in the life of Hephzibah when she found out she was going to have a child. Oh, how what a delight that is. That a thrill to bring a son into this world. Oh, I can almost imagine one day Hezekiah came in from a long day's work from the kingdom, and there he comes into the palace, and there's Hephzibah, and she says, It's blue. He says, what's blue? So all the pregnancy tests that I just took. We're going to have a baby. Oh, I remember the thrilling days that when we found out that Brenda was going to have a baby. The first time we had a little difficulty of her coming in and getting pregnant, but God made a way. After much prayer and help from doctors and medicine, that she was able to have a child. And there we had John. And then six years later, I remember once again something very similar. And all the thrill and the excitement. You know what I'm talking about. You've been there. You know what the thrill it is of bringing a child. I, I believe Hephzibah was no doubt a lady that had prayed for this child before this child was ever conceived. And she had prayed that God would give her a son and prayed that God would give her a child that she could teach and train while he is young that when he would grow old, he would not depart. Oh, I can almost imagine. I can just hear Hephzibah crying out to the Lord, give me a child, give me a child. And then, of course, that baby came and she named him Manasseh, which literally means God had made me forget. Made me forget. Forget all the trials and troubles of the day. All the trials and troubles of carrying out the work of the kingdom. All the trials and troubles of bringing a child through that labor experience into this world. All the trials and troubles of in the staying up late at night with a sick child, nursing and taking care of that child made me forget all those kinds of things because of my love for that child and my love for this special, precious gift that God had given to me. Oh, our children are gifts, are they not? To think of out of all the world that God gave you that very son or that very daughter and to know that God had placed that child in your life with the responsibility to train that child and to help that child to develop her character or that character of that boy to become a godly man or a godly lady. 
No greater training that you could ever possibly experience than there in the home between that mother and that child. Oh, she was thrilled, thrilled of bearing a son, but she was thrilled of rearing that child as well. Now, we don't know this for a fact as far as scriptures, but we can certainly can assume it, especially thinking of being the wife of Hezekiah, Hezekiah being a godly man, the character of Hezekiah, uh, no doubt, was a display of the character of his wife. And that as they live their life, no doubt, they began to develop this child by their convictions and began to teach this child the things of God. Well, even Hephzibah's name is become symbolic to Zion. Listen to the scriptures in Isaiah chapter 62, verse 4. You shall no longer be termed forsaken, nor shall your land any more be termed desolate. But you shall be called Hephzibah and your land Beulah. For the Lord delights in you and your land shall be married. Safe to say that she brought her child up in the ways of God. Safe to say that as that child was a little child, that she would sit him on her knee and she would tell him about the heritage of the Jewish nation, of how they were able to be rescued from the bondages of the Egyptians and there they crossed over on dry land and she talked to him about the wonders and the miraculous works of Almighty God. No doubt she must have told him about the great mighty work of Joshua as they went and they circled around the city of Jericho and with the shout, those walls come tumbling down. No doubt she had told them about Moses, Isaac, Jacob. As a young child, he was taught the things of Almighty God. I believe that she probably sit there in her palace and she would point down into the kingdom and say, look at the temple. There in the temple is where we come and we worship God. There in the temple of all those little lambs that were slain and the blood was poured upon the mercy seat. And there our sins were forgiven. I can almost imagine she must have taken that little boy, put, her on, put him on her knees and sung, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Hephzibah was very acquainted with God's commandments. 
And of course, no doubt she had taken the scriptures of Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 19, where it says, And ye shall teach them your children, speaking of them when thou sittest in thy house. And when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. Teaching those children those precious, precious truths. And Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 7 says the very same thing. And no doubt she had held those scriptures in her heart. No doubt she had passed those scriptures down to her children through the years. I can almost imagine as he was getting up some age, she would probably would say, now it's time to say your Ten Commandments. And there she would help him, thy shall have no other gods before me. Thy shall not make any graven image. Thy shall not take the name of the Lord thy God in in vain. What was she doing? She was taking the word of God and planting it in his life. Listen to me, moms and dads. The greatest thing you can do is plant the word of God in the hearts of your children. Because they can't get away from it. They can't get away from it. And I'll prove it to you in just a few moments. I'll prove it to you of showing you that they may drift away. But the Bible says that if you'll teach a child when he's young, that when he's old, he will not depart. Well, God had given her a boy, and she had taken every advantage of the opportunity that God had given to her to help mold him into to become a great godly man. But that brings me to the second stage in her life. Not only that stage that she was glad that she's going to have a child, but you'll notice that here was a mother that was so grieved. Grieved. Something happened in her life that happens a lot of times in our families, things that we don't want to think about. But the father, the husband, Hezekiah, he dies. He dies. Manasseh is just a a young boy, a 12-year-old. You can imagine the pain. It was almost as if a sword had pierced her heart. Sadness. She had loved Hezekiah. She had respected him. And she realized the great godly man that he was. But the Bible tells us that here this young boy, Manasseh, was 12 years old when he became the king. And the Bible says he reigned for 55 years. Years, 55 years. 
there in Jerusalem. Things didn't go the way that she had hoped for as Manasseh became the king. She was hoping that he would continue following the footsteps of his dad, Hezekiah, of being that godly king. 2 Kings chapter 2 tells us that Manasseh, that there was that departure from the Lord. Listen what the Bible says in verses 1 and 2 of 2 Kings chapter 21. Manasseh was 12 years old when he became king, and he reigned 55 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Hephzibah, and he did evil in the sight of the Lord. Can you imagine? Hephzibah's heart must have crumbled when she started seeing her son began to depart from the Lord. And the Bible says that he did evil in the sight of the Lord according to the abominations of the nations whom the Lord had cast out before the children of Israel. It appears somewhere in his teenage years that he started hanging around with the wrong crowd. And he started being influenced in an ungodly way. And because of that influence, he began to do what the Bible said. He did evil in the sight of the Lord. It says, after the abominations of the heathens. Now, I remind you, this boy was brought up in a Christian home. This boy was taught the scriptures. What happened? I've seen it happen so many times of young families that have children and they do everything they possibly can of teaching and training and bringing those children up in the ways of the Lord. And yet in teenage years, which can be a very, very tough time, not only for the teenager, but also for the parents. And oh, how it can become so difficult. And to see this teenager to begin to follow the wrong crowd and begin to move in another direction. And things, things, instead of getting better, it seems like things started to get worse. There was not only that departure from the Lord, but there's also that defiance of the Lord. I can imagine it must have broken the heart of this mother. Listen to what it says in verse 3 and 4 and 5 in our text. For he rebuilt the high places which Hezekiah, his father, had destroyed. Now, remind you, here's what he's doing. He's going back and rebuilding what Baal had done before. It says, he raised up altars for Baal 
and made a wooden image as Ahab, king of Israel, had done. And he worshiped all the hosts of heaven and served them. He also built altars in the house of the Lord, of which the Lord had said, In Jerusalem I will put my name. And he built altars for all the host of heaven in the two courts of the house of the Lord. His godly father, Hezekiah, had torn down the altars of the false gods. And what does his son do? He goes back and rebuilds those altars for the false gods. Worshiping. He went so far as taking that holy and sacred temple and turning it into a, uh, a place of worship of paganism. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? The God of Israel was totally abandoned by the efforts of Manasseh. Some would even say that what Manasseh had done, he got into what was known as black magic. What's so alarming that here was a boy that was brought up the right way, but he was turning out the wrong way. He departed from the Lord. He was defiant to God. You may have a child. He's old, older than the youth, of course, and it no longer serving the Lord like he once served. Doesn't go to church. Doesn't believe in the things of God like You had taught him, and your heart is so discouraged. What do you do? I was reading some alarming statistics just the other day. It said in the AFA journal, the AFA journal said that there's over one million teenage girls will become pregnant every year. How sad. Since the popular push for contraceptives for teens, it says that teenage sexual activity and pregnancy have increased 400%. Can you imagine? It says that 40% of the teens have sex by the age of 15. Hard to imagine. I want you to know the devil wants to do everything in his power to destroy your child. And he will do everything. And that's exactly what we're seeing that our children are bombarded by the media, by movies, by music. And they're being bombarded by a hellish influence. 
That's why you need to be aware of what your children are watching on the Internet. That's why you need to be aware of what they're doing on the Internet. Because I'm going to tell you something. This world will swallow them up and spit them out in destruction in a heartbeat. Many a mother, many a dad have gone to bed asleep at night with tears upon their pillows simply because of the heartache over a wayward child. A wayward child. But I got good news for you. I want you to look at this mother in the third aspect of it. Not only a mother that was so glad, a mother that was so grieved, but a mother that was so grateful. The story of this mother of her wayward son has a word of hope. Listen to what the scripture says in 2 Chronicles chapter 33, verse 11 and following. Therefore the Lord brought upon them the captains of the army of the king of Assyria, who took Manasseh with hooks, bound him with bronze fetters, and carried him off to Babylon. Now when he was in affliction, he implored the Lord his God and humbled himself. Did you see that? And humbled himself greatly before the God of his fathers and prayed to him and he received his entreaty, heard his supplication and brought him back to Jerusalem into his kingdom. This boy who had departed from the Lord, this boy had defied the Lord God brought about a period of circumstances in his life to humble him. I believe all the while this boy had gone wayward. Hephzibah was on her knees with tears crying out to the Lord, bring him back, bring him back, bring him back, oh God. Bring him back. Do whatever it takes to bring him back. And the Bible says in verse 13 that Manasseh knew that the Lord, he was God. He was humbled by the takeover of the Assyrians. He began to realize the God of this world, the God of creation, the God Jehovah, the God that his mother had taught him early in life that he needed to return to him. Oh, I can only imagine how grateful Hephzibah was when she began to hear of Manasseh returning to the Lord. But see, not only he was humbled. Have you ever noticed how God knows how to humble us sometimes? 
He knows how to put us in circumstances and in a crisis of a situation that's beyond our control to humble us and to help us to realize that we're nothing without our almighty God. This guy, he was humbled. But the Bible goes a step further and says he was hooked. Listen what the Bible says in 2 Chronicles chapter 33, verse 11. It said, as we read, Manasseh was taken with the hooks. He was captured by the Assyrians, bound with chains, and literally what they did, they put a hook in his nose, and they would lead him around like he was a piece of cattle. But my friend, I'm here to tell you that not only did the Assyrians put a hook in him, God put a hook in him. God hooked him. Behind it all was where God took Manasseh and brought him back. I remember several years ago, I had been witnessing to this gentleman and he had a drinking problem. And it seemed like every time I'd witnessed to him, he always wanted to argue with me and wanted to debate. But in the midst of all that, God had really spoken to my heart about trying to reach lost people. And I remember as if it happened yesterday, I said, Lord, I'll go anywhere, anytime, any place. You'd call me that I might share the gospel. Well, one night, about 2 o'clock in the morning, my phone rings. It's about six degrees outside. One of the coldest nights you could imagine. Well, just so happens on the end of the phone was a man by the name Mike. That was the guy that I had been witnessing to. He'd been drinking a little bit, but he wanted to talk to me about God at two o'clock in the morning. I'm not sure if God's even up at 2 o'clock in the morning. But anyway, he made a proposition to me. He said, Pastor, he said, uh, I need you to come where I'm at, and I've got several of my buddies needs to come to know the Lord. Would you come and talk to them? Little did I realize what he was talking about was a beer joint. And there'd been fights and it had a terrible reputation. And, uh, and I almost said, no, I can't come. And then about that time, the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart, said, you said anytime, anywhere, any place. I said, yeah, I'll come. 
So I go. And I can just imagine as I was getting ready to, to go there, I'm getting ready to walk into the door that the newspaper reporter standing outside with a camera getting ready to take my picture. Oh, I had all kind of horrible thoughts. Rapture is going to take place and I'm sitting in the middle of a, 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 a beer joint. But I go in there anyway. And I sit down and I start talking with these guys. And about that time, I pulled out my New Testament. And it was almost as if somebody had said fire because everybody left the building except those five guys around the table. Little did I realize that they were really hungering to know the Word of God. And they couldn't believe I came in there. And so that got their attention. So I opened up the word of God and I went through the plan of salvation. I went through the Roman road. All five guys prayed and invited Christ into their life. Even the bartender. He got ready to leave. He said, what should I do with these kids after I lock this place up? He said, I'm not coming back here. I said, throw them away. <laughs> but I told you to tell you this, was that one of the guys was a, he was a truck driver. Big old tears was running down his cheeks. and Big old husky, rugged guy. He said, Preacher, would you do something for me? I said, I will if I can. He said, Would you go with me to my mother's house? I said, Sure. He said, My mother won't believe what I've done. And she's going to need a preacher to tell it. I'll never forget, I got there about 6 o'clock in the morning. And there she was. And there was fear on her face. She had thought her son had been in trouble again. And I remember sharing with her. A little old lady, white-haired lady. sharing with her about her son getting saved. And I remember her holding her hands up, tears running down her cheeks, and she said, Oh, thank you, Jesus, for hearing my prayer. She had prayed and prayed and prayed. I've felt many a time, what if I hadn't refused to have gone that day? What if I'd have refused to go on into that place? That's the last time I've been in a beer joint. Don't plan to go back. I hope the Lord don't ask me to go back. But that particular time he did. I know that as sure as I'm standing here. But I believe what had happened. God had a hook in that man's heart. Simply because 
there was a mother at home had prayed to return her child back to her in the ways of God. Be of good cheer, parents. Don't get discouraged. Continue to pray. And God will put a hook in those boys' and girls' hearts and bring them back. Amen. Amen.